I promised before we go into recess with an eye towards Las Vegas that Ben Graham would come back to the studio week 12 of the NFL season. If you're crying out to have Ben's assessment on what's taking place, if you want your team on the radar, now is the time. one 736 736. Thanksgiving weekend was highlighted by the Eagles and the Bills who played extra time, one of the great games of the season. Down four. There's the pass up top. Gabe Davis has the touchdown. Big game, Gabe does it again. And Elliott puts the toe on it and the kick is gone. Pedigree of championship teams. Hurts, Hurts to the end zone, and the Eagles have won it in overtime. The Eagles won it in overtime. They are in hot form. The Bills have been all over the place. Looked for a good period that they would win that game. Ben Graham is here. Our NFL chat. Catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. How are you, Ben? Good morning, Jared, and happy Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend to you. It was a great game, one of the great games of the season. I think we saw the best version of the Buffalo Bills, despite losing the game. It's, I think, what the Bills fans have been looking for, and we've toyed with the Bills and Josh Allen, allowing Josh Allen to be Josh Allen, and but they've tried to scale him back somewhat and not allow him to make the mistakes that he's been making. But I think this is the best version of the Buffalo Bills. When Josh Allen is allowed to run, he's allowed to make it up as he goes along. He had four touchdowns, two in the air and two on the ground, but it was Jalen Hurts with three touchdowns in the air and two touchdowns on the ground that ultimately was the difference. I know the Bills missed a couple of field goals, which ultimately they should have won the game in regulation, really, which has been a bit of a story of the Bills, but no love loss for the Bills. They are in a fight for that AFC playoff pitcher, but it goes to show the, the the Philadelphia Eagles, who have really got a soft schedule in this next four or five weeks. They finish with the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. So they'll have an easy run into the playoffs when some of the other teams have got a quite a tough schedule. But I've had some questions about the Eagles of who are they actually beaten Uh, But that is definitely one for their resume as they uh, play the 49ers next week. So that's going to be What a three-week stretch for them. Yeah. So the Chiefs, where they were thoroughly outplayed in the first half and then got their game going and made the Chiefs look just a little bit second rate. Then they beat the Bills in OT and the 49ers next. They're 10-1. and If they do beat the 49ers, they'll be overwhelming favourites. Well, they should be, but this is the 49ers-Eagles matchup that we're expecting to see in the NFC Conference Championship game. They also play Dallas, but their last month is quite an easy run-in. So they've answered a lot of questions for mine, uh, the Eagles, but it was a, a we're always looking for these great games. And Thanksgiving weekend with the three games on Friday and the one on Saturday, uh, this was the one from yesterday that will walk away. And... Again, the Bills, they can do some damage in the playoffs if they can get there, but it's a real mess in the AFC. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it feels to me like it's thinning out at the very top, but the playoff picture is wide open with some pretty wild results. Did, did you play a Thanksgiving Day game? 
I did. I played twice. Yep. Uh, once for the Jets against the Cowboys uh, in an embarrassing 34-3 to defeat. But it was a momentous occasion to understand the importance of Thanksgiving on the American calendar, let alone on the NFL calendar, and then played them again, uh, played on Thanksgiving again when I was at the Lions against the Green Bay Packers, and that was also a, a defeat. Not so bad, 27-15, but I certainly do understand that the entire nation does stop, sit down, have lunch, watch football. Uh, it used to be one game, now it's three, and now we've got the Black Friday game, which was the uh, the Bills and the Jets, which I was worried about what sort of crowd might turn up at three o'clock on a Friday in New York, but it was packed, and I knew people at the game, and it was uh, it was a big occasion. But unfortunately for the New York Jets, their season was summed up by that Hail Mary ninety-nine yard pick so in half time. I was amazed by you know the long-term commentators who they've never seen anything quite like that. So Dolphins Jets. On halftime, last play, heave it down the field. On the one-yard line, it gets intercepted and then all the way back for a touchdown. Yes, and the irony with that is a New York electronics store said that they would give away $1 million of TVs if there was a 98-yard touchdown on the day. (laughs) But you would never have seen that coming. Um, But the, the Dolphins are an interesting one because they win that game. They were the number one seed in the AFC at the start of Week 12. They win that game and they drop to fourth. That's just how murky um, the AFC is right now. Okay, so uh, our questions are coming through, which I'll pose to you as we go. Um, I might, I'll, I'll give you Steve's. I said the other week I wasn't sure about the Cowboys. They are the exciting to watch team. It's hard not to get excited. I agree. And I call them flat track bullies earlier in the season, but they are dominating opponents and not early in games. They're grinding it out, but then they're running away with it. And even the loss to the Eagles three weeks ago, they were right in that game. Their only really poor loss for the for the week for the year is against the 49ers. Um, but they've also got some tough games coming up with the Eagles and the Bills and the Dolphins and then the Lions in a tough month. So different from the Eagles, they got a tough run in, but Dak Prescott is in the MVP conversation and so he should be. He's had an enormous five weeks, 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Uh, He's proving all his doubters wrong. But again, with the Cowboys, it's going to come down. They may not even host a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So if they finish fifth, they'll play the winner of the NFC South, which right now is the Atlanta Falcons with a losing record. You'd expect the Cowboys to win, but they're going to have to travel to Philadelphia or San Francisco to win a playoff game through to the conference championship game. Aaron's got an eye to the Texans. DeMarco Ryan and CJ Stroud have brought some serious playoff hope for us Texan fans, which was unimaginable 12 months ago. Well, this is an example of when franchises do it right with their coaching appointments, with their recruiting, identifying which quarterback is going to be their franchise quarterback for the future. They've got lots of pieces in the puzzle. Now, they're an exciting football team to watch, uh, but don't get too frustrated by some of their losses. They're not quite ready yet. Um, They played an experienced Jaguars team in an AFC South game on the weekend and just got pipped. They had their chances as well. Um, But the Texans... If they make the playoffs, I don't think they'll do any damage, but I think they've got 
a lot to look forward to in the next three to five years, particularly with CJ Stroud, who, like Dak Prescott, is in the MVP conversation, not because there are others that haven't performed at the level expected of them, like Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. They've all played reasonably well, but because this has been unexpected with the level of performance by C.J. Stroud. Craig, I see it's coach sacking season in the NFL. Will the Bears finally sack theirs, the worst coaches statistically ever for the Bears after this Vikings game today? I thought that Matt Eberflus was going to be the first coach sacked. It's two of the most disappointing press conferences I've ever seen from any head coach at any level in any sport. And they're losing record to go with it. But no, he's not. There's been Josh McDaniels and now Frank Reich of the Carolina Panthers. He got sacked week nine last week, last year for the Colts, week 12 this week for the Panthers. Uh, but I think Matt Eberflus will be next of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. So if it went really sour tonight, could it happen then? It may It may do. They, they've got a quandary with Justin Fields and what they're going to do. They will have the number one pick from the Panthers next year. But, uh, yeah, I can't see him seeing out the season. So the, the Panthers sacking is interesting. Is it right that Frank Wright wanted to draft CJ Stroud and ownership told him no? They took what they took. And now well, the that's coach fascinating. gets it in the neck? Well, that's, when you're not all on the same page when it comes to those huge decisions, because they did have a choice. They had CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Uh, they went Bryce Young, who was, in a lot of people's mind, the number one pick, and, and rightly so. But he just hasn't been the guy that's been able to develop that talent because he hasn't played as a rookie as the way you would expect him to play. So that they need to make some changes again and they, they'll get the number one pick, but have to hand it over to the Chicago bears, but he will be their quarterback for the future. But that front office needs to get on the same page for sure. Got a couple of Pittsburgh fans, Ben and Adelaide Pittsburgh offense goes more than 400 yards straight away since Matt Canada gone, still have games versus the Ravens to come. And Kenny Pickett and the Steelers finally getting their offense going better without Matt Canada calling the plays. Yeah, this is – I love the Pittsburgh Steelers as a case study. So the first 10 games have been outgained by their opposition for every single game for a 6-4 and four record. Matt Canada comes from the coach's box to the sideline, and it looked like that it had an impact, but it was Matt Canada's last straw. Apparently, the sources in the locker room tell me that he was a handcuff on the players and their freedom and the ability to play and enjoy their football – this is the first time the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired an offensive, a coordinator or a coach mid-season since 1942, yeah, yeah. which goes to show the stability of an organization, but it's had immediate results. Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens, the defense, like they play with more freedom now. They've got a seven and four record. They're sitting fifth in the AFC playoff picture. Yes, uh, they're underneath the Baltimore Ravens, but the Bengals are gone. Uh, the Browns without Deshaun Watson and the shaky defense of the last couple of weeks are a concern. So the Pittsburgh Steelers could still make the playoffs. The Patriots. So I, I caught up with one of our great Patriots fans at the Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday night. Uh, and just the realization that the Belichick years are over and how that's going to shake out. Did Bill Simmons call their game the, the worst he'd seen in 15 years or what did he, uh, were the most depressing Pats game since 1992? So 21 years. 
Um, is it? Do do you now think it's likely that the Belichick years are coming to an end? Yes, and we thought that as much in the first month of the season with some of the things that were coming out of New England. Now, when you move on from the Brady era, they've had so much success. It was a matter of time before they hit rock bottom, but they have hit rock bottom so hard. Some of the decisions, the London game where they replaced Mac Jones with Bailey Zappi for the final drive with a minute 10 to go, massive question marks. He could not name a starter before this game in New York against the Giants until 90 minutes before kickoff. He benches Mac Jones. I jokingly said on the broadcast that Mac Jones should have handed in his resignation at halftime rather than be benched. Who knows what's going to happen there for the rest of the season at quarterback. Bill Belichick, there's rumours he's already signed a deal at the Chargers, at Washington Commanders. So I definitely think that there needs to be a change. Robert Kraft's a smart businessman. He'll part ways in the right way, but it's it's definitely a... You know, if you're a Patriots fan, yes, you've had some success. You've got all those Super Bowl trophies to cheer on. But right now you're going through a, a tough time, but things have to change. Do you think Belichick will walk straight into the next job? I hope not. Right. He He's so intense that he probably thinks that he has to. But he he's a smart guy as well. But I'm surprised it's got this far before something big has happened like we see around the league with some other teams. Ben Graham is in the studio week 12 of the NFL. We're in the countdown to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. We'll be there together. 0433 1140 Winks temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. At the end of this, we're going to get the top four seedings from Ben so we can follow them through to see from this point how they pan out. David King style from the means test. Melbourne's weather, a shower or two atop of 25 for city power, supply and power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game mm-hmm. so I just think the product in my opinion is less than what it's been I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty mm. your coach is complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves we used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time now they're trying to be regulated all the time offensive players need to protect themselves it's not up to a defensive player to protect offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. That was Tom Brady with Stephen A. Smith last week. Fascinating on so many fronts. Firstly, there's a universal aspect to all of sport. That that back end of the conversation around you needing to protect yourself rather than relying on the rules to do so. Haven't we been living through that in recent years in the AFL? And then the starting point. So Brady is on track to become the the Fox NFL guy at a contract worth more than $100 million. That's the most provocative thing he's said. Full stop, I think. And it's ignited a, a great debate around the standard of the NFL. And I think it's great that we're hearing from him so candidly before he enters the media. And if this is an insight into what we're going to hear, 
Well, I think it's a good thing. Um, the Of course, the NFL has dropped in standard slightly with him now out of the game because he was the best that has ever played in that position. I agree with a lot of the things that he said, and there's a probably some conspiring circumstances this season with the number of injuries. So there's a lot of backups playing and a lot of time that hasn't been spent with the coaches, with these backups to teach them and develop them the way that Tom Brady's experience might suggest. But also the player safety conversation has increased since he's retired as well. So um, it's, we are comparing apples with apples, but there are always going to be changes to the sport. Uh, But I like the fact that he's, you know, he's not protecting the brand. He's calling it for how it is, how he's seeing it. And if that's a sign of things to come, well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's a promising sign. Perhaps the the best insight we've had as to him preparing himself for, for the media and for the figure he's going to be. The delicate line you have to walk and this is true in every sport with every expert, expert is it was better in my day. So, and that's, that is the part of the conversation that that's um, taken hold uh, most fiercely. Miller and Mount Evelyn is a Jags fan. I'm trying to get a read on my Jags. I feel Trevor is trying as hard as possible to get Ridley into form. And I feel if he gets there, he could be the difference in us making a Super Bowl. The defense is solid. The offense is running at about 80%. Please tell me you think we have a chance of this season. Go Jags. Well, of course you've got a chance. Now, we'll do the means test in a minute, but they're in my top four teams in the AFC. Love what they did through their five-game winning stretch. They were embarrassed by the 49ers three weeks ago. And some would say they got a bit lucky against the Texans with that field goal as time expired, hitting the crossbar. But you're an experienced team, and Trevor Lawrence... There's so much expected of him, but now he's got a reasonable running game. And Kelvin Ridley does add to that offense. He dropped a critical pass on the weekend. You want to see him as a mature, experienced receiver lead the way when it comes to that. The defense uh, has performed quite well too. But again, um, they will host a playoff game. They'll probably win a playoff game. But I just don't think they've got the power to compete with some of these powerhouse teams like the Chiefs um, and even the Ravens, I think, have emerged as as one of the the favourites in the AFC to make it to the AFC Championship game. Are the Broncos now on a tear? Sean Payton, the coach. Russell Wilson, the quarterback. I did rather like this from Bill Simmons and his analogy with the Broncos on a charge that, I don't know, could they make the playoffs? I think well, they're going to make it too. It's, it's an old-school Belichick team where – they only do the stuff they're good at, right? Yep. Russ, who still makes you nervous if you're betting on him. Mm-hmm. And it always seems like he's about to commit a turnover. He's about to fumble on a sack or he's about to do something completely stupid. But he's got a little of that old dad on the golf course luck. Like he'll mm-hmm. chuck it up to somebody twice a game and either the guy will catch it or the guy will drop the interception. I think he's he's been okay. You know, I we thought he was flaw- washed up at the start of the season. He's been flawless fine. in the red zone. I don't think he screwed up yeah. once in the red zone. Old dad on the golf course analogy for <laughs> Russell Wilson. Well, yes, but what the recency bias with Russell Wilson is all the poor performances since he's got to Denver. Now, some things take time, and Sean Payton 
has taken his time to endear himself to that locker room and those fans. Russell Wilson has taken time. It's taken time for their running game to get going. It's taken time for their defense to start to stand up. They're on a five-game winning streak. I know, from one and five. <laughs> now, they, they are currently ninth in the playoff picture. There's a lot of teams in the AFC on six wins. I'm not sure they can make it, but he's answering a lot of questions because he came across on that huge contract. So it's almost it's it's a failure if they don't make the playoffs. Yep. But coming from where they've come from, you can only ask. And they've won, and they're winning close games too, which is really important um, in a season. They've but look when you look at their schedule, they only play two teams with a winning record. So they will start favourites in most of those games. So they may sneak in and. You know what? If we remember Russell Wilson at the Seattle Seahawks, he's a good quarterback, quality quarterback in the NFL. And if he ends up being that dad on the golf course that shoots his career round and wins the trophy, <laughs> good luck to him. Sean Payton's old team, Steve is texting. I feel like this is as much a comment as it is a question. How awful are the New Orleans Saints? Oh, they're awful. They're, they're awful to predict. You pick them to win, they lose. You pick against them and they win. Uh, I think we saw a lot against the Falcons in such a huge game on Sunday, division game. It was for the division lead. The Falcons got the job done. I think they're more talented, just too inconsistent for mine. Derek Carr really hasn't worked out. Elvin Kamara has been a distraction early. Michael Thomas is now on IR. Yeah, I'm worried about the Saints. I think the, the Falcons will win the NFC South. Okay. Ben Graham with his top four seedings. Headings towards the Super Bowl in Vegas, where we will next convene after Nathan in the newsroom. All right, Ben Graham, we will reconvene in Vegas for Super Bowl 58 at the end of the test summer. We'll be in the conference championships, I think, at that stage. We might have one chat before we go. Uh, Give me your top four seedings. Four up, Monday means test style, on the teams most likely from here. Number four. Baltimore Ravens are currently nine and three. Now, Lamar Jackson, he's won the MVP before. He needed to slightly change the way he played, not be that running always quarterback, but he's been able to stand in the pocket. I think Zay Flowers has been a great addition. There's always had a good defense like Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell, Justice Hill at running back without J.K. Dobbins, who went on IR early in the season with an Achilles injury. But I think they'll make the AFC Championship game. There'll be some pressure on them in the playoffs to win a big playoff game. More about Lamar Jackson's legacy than anything else, but Baltimore Ravens are my number four. At three? The San Francisco 49ers. Now, they're, again, an interesting case study, the 49ers. They are a team with a quarterback on a rookie deal, so they've had the luxury of investing elsewhere, and they've done that through free agency and trading a la Christian McCaffrey. they got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. They signed Nick Bosa to a history-making defensive contract. I still have a few question marks over Brock Purdy. We know he got injured in the playoffs last year, and that was one of the reasons why they got bundled out late, but I have seen them being beaten three times in a row. 
in conspicuous circumstances. So still a couple of question marks over the 49ers for mine. They are eight and three, but they are my number three. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. I will always be a Patrick Mahomes fan. I know they didn't score in the second half in the last three weeks. They broke that little hoodoo uh, on the weekend, but they've still got the best quarterback in football at the helm. Isaiah Pacheco, watch him run the football. Every time he gets it, he runs as hard as you'll see anyone run. Their wide receivers need to sort it out. They've got a season-high drop count at 28. Um, If they had have caught those drops, some critical ones at the end of games, they could be undefeated, and their defense is playing better than it ever has. I still think the Chiefs are right thereabouts, and they are my number two. Your number one seed. The 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. We know they were building last year. They got all the way to the Super Bowl and we're in a winning position too. It's always interesting to see what happens to the losing team in the Super Bowl, what happens the next year. Howie Roseman in the offseason has continued to build that roster through free agency and the draft. Jordan Mailata on the offensive line is critical to the way they play. And Jalen Hurts, he's such an understated leader. He's not a hoo-ha type of guy. You know that that locker room is connected. Their record shows that they're a good football team. They win in overtime against the Bills. They cement themselves, in my mind, as the number one team in football right now. One Eagles, two Chiefs, three 49ers, four Ravens. Do you reckon there's a gap from those four to the rest? Well, just after this week, I, I believe there has been. And I've been talking about the Lions and the Cowboys in that next echelon in the NFC. The Cowboys have the biggest differential, so they score more and hold their opponents to less. And Deron Bland broke an NFL record with his fifth pick six, and it's only week 12. (laughs) There are some superstars in the NFL that played for a decade that haven't had that many. He's got that many in a year. The Lions, they have too many self-inflicted room uh, errors. So they are uh, a step down. A clearly a step down. And in the AFC, we love what the Dolphins have done offensively. They've dropped off slightly. Um, and the Jaguars are in that next echelon as well. But in those four teams we mentioned, clear best four teams in the NFL right now. See you in Vegas. We'll see you there, Jared. Ben Graham, his seedings after week 12 of the NFL season. We're going to reach across the divide with Andrew Voss next. This is Waitley for Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV event is on now and Host Plus.